Welcome to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Henneken and Mike the Grizz, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Hey, Grizz. Well, John, are you ready, buddy? I always enjoy doing this with you, Grizz. And uh, you know, you know why. First of all, um, it, it's fun. But second of all, we just keep learning more and more stuff and finding out about more and more places. And well, but, the thing of- I, I'm sure you don't want to talk about it, Grizz. But uh, you know, the last few days you've you've been kind of knocked down you know, health-wise, and it sounds like you're 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 coming back to normal. I don't have to go to your funeral yet. Not yet, anyway, John. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. But uh, we're going to have some great shows uh, today. Absolutely incredible. We're going to have Brian on talking about fishing. From uh, He works up in Montana and Idaho. Then we're going to have Pat from Montana on who has a guide school that actually teaches people how to guide. Oh, really? And that's in Montana? Yeah, it's uh, up, I think it's in Glacier Park. And then we got Ian, who is a professional outfitter guide and uh, booking agent for Africa. <laughs> okay. And then we got Mark on, and we just got all kind of things yeah. going to happen so from we got, all over the world. So we got hunting, fishing, and as uh, uh, we've mentioned in the past, We've kind of semi-officially changed the name of Fish Talk Radio to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio. Uh, So we're covering pretty much all of the outdoors now. Yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about guides. We're going to be talking about, we're going to have some people on that go up through the mountains and actually take uh, pack trips with uh, packers, which is a type of llama. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have that. I mean, we've got so yeah. many things. It's just like where we started out. Yeah. We've got so many things you can't even believe or imagine. <clears throat> well, and we'll also find out why a guide is so important. And they are expensive, but there's a reason. They, they put in a lot of time and a lot of work. Well, now uh, there's guide schools that actually teach Perfect. the young people who want to grow up to be a guide. There you go. Okay, Grizz, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back with uh, Amy from Vagabundos, hopefully. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan and Mike the Grizz. Grizz, we have with us today a lovely young lady by the name of Amy Halverson. And she, is, what is it, you're the, Amy, what your, I don't remember what your title is, but you're pretty much the office manager and, and the one that really runs the place. Yeah, I am the operations manager. Operations manager, mm-hmm. And first of all, let's let's explain a little bit about what Vagabundos uh, Vagabundos Del Mar, uh, what it is, how it started, and what you guys are doing today. Yeah, you, know, you know, I could go on and tell everybody about it, but I've been accused of talking too much, so I'll let you do that. Sounds good. So the club started uh, over 50 years ago. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary last year, and it basically started with a group of of buddies, fishermen, who were looking for a new fishing spot. And uh, they would get together in groups and and drive down the Baja uh, looking for different fishing spots. Um, You know, uh, traveling in groups was really important back then in case you had a breakdown or, you know, you needed an an extra part or something. So uh, they'd get together and and, uh, drive down and go fishing and have a good time along the way. Yeah, and that was before they had the paved road that went all the way down. Yeah, that was before the paved road. Um, they they uh, had a lot of the washboard roads. They, uh, you know, no, nothing like today's road. Uh, it was a whole nother experience back then uh, to drive down did the Did they Baja. drive, excuse me, did they drive... Uh, come down in cars or by stagecoach? <laughs> uh, well, most of them, the most of them had cars and boats and all of their gear. If you could imagine going down a, a washboard road back then with your old truck and maybe a camper towing your boat behind it, and you weren't going very fast, let me tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I can imagine it would take a big part of time to get down to Cabo from up it- there. It sure would. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just to interject to Amy and Grizz, uh, there's a lot of people, you know, that have flown to Cabo. And when you're at 35,000 feet and you look down, you just see some brown dirt. But I tell you, when you drive, it's a completely different experience with all the colors and the rocks and the fauna. And it's just beautiful down there. Grizz knows all that because he's been pretty much everywhere down there. Yeah, yeah, I've done a lot of television shows all in the all in the Baja area. Yeah, I've driven some of the worst roads and some of the best. Yeah, well, and just a, a quick interjection is, you know, the roads, um, they're by like ninety five percent of them are beautiful paved roads, but they're only twenty feet wide and they pretty much drop off on either side. So that and the fact that uh, it's mostly all free range is why they don't recommend you drive at night because you come around a corner and, and it's dark and there's this big black Brahma bull staring at you. Uh, and it's 1,500 pounds, so you know you want to be want to be a little bit careful. But it it really is extremely safe. There's no banditos that's coming riding out of the hills on their donkeys. It's uh, it's matter of fact the people down there are so helpful. I could go on for 
10 minutes telling you some of the experiences I had with all the people that would stop. You know, you pull over with a problem not three cars would go by before someone would just come over and say, can I help you? Exactly. Yeah, they're good people. What do you do? Tell us what you do. So we uh, we 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 help people, uh, you know, plan their trips down to Baja into Mexico. We help them with their insurance. We help them get their FMM tourist cards before they even cross the border. They have those in hand. Uh, their boat import permit. Uh, you you now need an import permit when you bring your boat into Baja. So we can have all of that ready for you before you even cross the border. Oh, I didn't know that. So even if all you're going to do is take it down and bring it back, you have to have an import permit. You do. You do. You have to have an import permit. They're good for 10 years. Uh, but if you're going to be launching your boat at any kind of marina down there, they're going to ask for the import permit. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They they started enforcing it a few years back, uh, and um, the marinas uh, started really enforcing it. You know, when you launch your boat, they ask for the registration, the temporary import permit, um, and, and even insurance sometimes. Yeah, it's very common. You can the, actually port police and uh, marinas will come right into the marinas and check it. You better have all in order. And if you're out fishing, they could come and ask you for that information, too. Mm -hmm. Well, if anybody's interested in going down there, and I would highly recommend it. Now, you can fly down to Cabo for the weekend nowadays, uh, but you're not going to drive down there for the weekend, I guarantee you. But uh, I live in uh, Santa Barbara, uh, California which is about 100 miles north of Los Angeles. And if for me to drive, it's about a 24-hour drive time right. uh, to, to get there. So that means you're going to stop probably two nights, at least one for sure, but probably two nights. But, it, you know, if you've got, uh, well, you can do it, drive down and back in a week, but I would recommend two weeks or more. Yeah, yeah. To go all the way down, uh, you want a good, you know, 10 days to uh, get down there, enjoy yourself. If, if you want to stay down there and, you know, fish or uh, enjoy your time, uh, you're going to need a few weeks, uh, especially if you're going to uh, take it easy and, you know, you might want to stop and, and you find a little hideaway somewhere that you really enjoy that you want to spend an extra day there. So mm -hmm. it does take some time because you, you always find a new adventure down there. You well, know, yeah, there's, there, there's always there, there's all these little towns, especially along the coast, that are just, uh, you know, you just want to get there and, and relax for a while and enjoy the people and the food and the fishing. And uh, we have a San Canteen tournament that we have coming up in September. And, you know, that that's not too bad of a drive from mm -hmm. the border down to San Canteen. No, it's, only, it's so, only a couple hours. Yeah, so there's a few places down there that you can, uh, you know, do a weekend trip or, you know, a week or, or things like that that are still really nice. Uh, and, and you get to uh, enjoy the uh, hospitality that they have down there, you know, in, in the bar. Uh -huh, so. Well, the other thing is, even if you only go down there maybe once a year, once every couple of years, uh, you have a, a great system. You put out a, you've got a magazine you put out, uh, and then you've got all of the road uh, conditions. You've got all the information. Uh, what does it, what does it take to sign up to be a member of Vagabundos? Uh, so it's uh, it's a membership, a yearly membership. Uh, it's thirty five dollars a year, and that gets you you know the the magazine that we send out, um, uh, email bulletins. We have a lot of members that report back to us when they're done with their trips, and mm -hmm. we we send out random information throughout the year with road reports and fuel reports and uh, conditions on fishing so uh the email bulletins are a great uh, resource right. that we have well I, I think the insurance alone is worth it but uh the if you're interested in all in baja you really should become a member of vagabundos 
Yeah, and we also have our Travel Buddies calendar, which is designed for members who want to buddy up with someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they've never gone, they can buddy up with someone yeah. experienced. Uh, it's a great tool for our members okay. as well if they want to find someone to travel with if they don't want to travel by themselves. Okay, well, Amy, we're going to have to uh, cut you loose. We only had a 10-minute segment here. How do we get in touch with Vagabundos? Uh, you can go to our website, vagabundos.com, uh, or you could pick up the phone and give us a call at 800-474-Baja. Oh, 800-474-Baja. Okay, yeah. we can do that. Maybe we'll even answer the phone. Yeah, I probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably will. You're, you're delightful. But anybody that's all interested down there, they, they really should get in touch with you guys. We appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us. We're going to have to take another quick break. Grizz, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. If I hurry, I can beg her to stay. The best wing shooting is in Nayarit, Mexico. It's absolutely incredible and is only $2,650 U.S. per person. Includes four nights lodging, three days hunting, all meals, non-alcoholic beverages, transportation, bird boys, cleaning and packing of all birds. You'll even be provided, free of charge, a quality shotgun over and under or automatic, either a Beretta or Browning. Three cases of shotgun shells. Even the tips are included. Bird season starts soon, so book your adventure today. Contact support at thegrizzgear.com. That's support at thegrizzgear.com. Or call 434-953-8598. That's 434-953-8598. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real fun adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real fun trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Let me tell you about a fantastic boutique hotel on Mag Bay called the Mangrove Inn, located on the estuary in Lopez Mateos. This unique hotel will connect you with nature. The whale watching is incredible. They have the best onshore and offshore fishing guides and even bird watching guides. And the estuary fishing. You can even kayak fish the estuaries right from the hotel. The chef will even cook your catch. Check it out at mangroveinbaja.com or call 434-953-8598 to book your adventure. That's 434-953-8598. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with Mike the Grizz and John Hennigan. Hey, Chris. Well, great, 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 great. Vagabundos, I think we got to spread the word more about that. Anybody that wants to go to Baja and you're not a Vagabundos member, that's you're stupid. But uh, we're going to move a little <laughs> bit farther north now. That's not nice, John. You shouldn't call people stupid. Well, it's true. Maybe they're just, maybe they're just misinformed. Yeah, you could say ignorant, yeah, but okay. don't call them stupid, they'll okay. cry. Okay. 
But we got Brian on. Brian's a great fisherman. Brian, what in the world are we going to talk about? What's your expertise in fishing today? You know, my expertise is today is giving back. It's uh, getting people involved in the sport of fishing. Well, that's great. Because every time you take, you need to give back. You know, I'm catching release. I don't, uh, I've never eaten a bass because I don't want to kill it. And I've never, a billfish I've never killed. But uh, tell us how you give back. You know, I've just been a big believer since the very beginning. I watch a lot of sportsmen head out into the field, whether it be hunting or fishing, and it's really all about them, and it's all about what they're about to, you know, harvest or, or catch, and it's just always been a real turnoff to me. And um, I've been more along the lines of how can I set somebody up to get the big shot or hook up on the big steelhead. And, and it's been kind of funny. My experience is as I kind of started going down this path of hooking other people up and trying to uh, create an experience for them, it in turn has created some of the most incredible experiences for me. Um, so when I'm not being selfish, when I'm there for other people, I find that uh, the world has given me back some pretty incredible experiences um, myself. So it's a system that works, and more sportsmen should uh, should consider it. In the catch and release. Yeah, we've always been catching release here. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I, in the right situation, I'm not afraid to keep a trout and roll up some, some aluminum foil with some lemon and butter. But, yeah, absolutely. We're, we live in a world today where we've done enough damage to our fisheries um, that we don't need to be doing any more damage by catching and keeping, and especially if you're in a native uh, fishery, you know, most certainly. Uh, Brian, I, I was just going to say, is there a difference between the hatchery fish and the native fish as, as far as keeping them? Yeah, you know, like like here in Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, we have what's called like blue ribbon fisheries, which where they get those designations are because they have a wild fish population and they're not necessarily fed by these, these hatchery fish. But as I was saying, we've done so much damage to so many of the other fisheries that are out there, whether it's become dam regulated and now the water's moving too slowly and it heats up too quickly and it's just not uh, suitable for you know native fish and, and, and the breeding that's needed. So a lot of people do don't have an issue keeping those fish when they are fishing in those particular lakes or rivers. And well, to, and to that point, they don't it, it's not illegal to keep them in many instances. We're on a blue ribbon fishery you know, it'll be designated uh, catch and release. You know, Brian, I always thought, you know, the hatchery fish basically are put in to be captured and to be consumed. So I agree. People that, people that want to eat fish should go to where there's hatchery fish. And they're very, very easy to tell the difference between the two by catching them. Because there's no a lot of, you know, hatchery fish put in where the wild fish are. But they're e very, very easy to spot the difference. Wow. Would, would yes, you sir. agree? You're not on the Would you agree on that, Brian? You know, I absolutely would. Um, I think that that's, that's actually well said. Um, if you're interested in catching and eating, we've got plenty of opportunities um, for that to take place. Yeah, because... You know, one of the easiest ways, I think, to tell uh, a roaring pond fish or a released fish or whatever you want to call it, the ones that are, are grown up in the brewing or in the roaring ponds, is the fins. The fins mm -hmm. on the back are, are wore down, and yep. the pectoral fins, some of them don't even have them because they've been bit off when they were little guys. <laughs> Yep, and dragging so, on the concrete, uh, the, the concrete bottom of the of the holding pens. Yeah, and that takes the makes the tail in the back instead of kind of a V, not so much in a trout, but it does have that shape. It'll be flattened off at the back from the tail. That tail will be, and it'll actually be a pinkish color most of the times. 
It won't yep. even be the same color as the rest of the trout. Much softer, too. You know, you, when you get a hold of a wild trout, you know, there's a real firmness to it. It's more of an athletic-feeling fish um, versus a, you know, pen-raised fishery fish. Kind of soft in the middle. They got damage to their fins. A lot of times they got damage to the front end of, of um, their face from the concrete. And yeah, I agree with you. It's pretty easy to tell. Yeah, and, and I think those should be taken home because they're like a cow. They were raised to eat. 100%. Yeah, no, raised for the sportsmen, not only to catch, but to keep. Hey, Brian, would you mind, um, you mentioned that uh, putting uh, aluminum foil with butter and lemon. Do you have any uh, trout recipes that you can share with us real quick? Yeah, you know, I'm actually heading up uh, backpacking uh, today up to a lake to do some fishing for the next few days. And what we typically will bring is just, you know, fold up some aluminum foil, pretty easy to pack. I'll bring a lemon, about a half a stick of butter, and then I make a little spice pack that I put into a Ziploc bag. And that can be, you know, some salt, some pepper, some garlic salt, maybe even some lemon pepper. And then obviously just kind of mix it up there in my Ziploc bag. And when we get up to these lakes and, and catch a few nice trout, um, we clean them up. And then what we do is we stuff the inside of them. So cut that butter up and um, some lemon slices and then season the you, inside of the breast. Do you debone them or do you just uh, stuff it inside the cavity? I don't. The reason I wrap them in aluminum foil is, is I wrap them up, put them on the fire, put them on the grill. And then when you, when you unwrap that, basically the skin will stick to the aluminum foil mm-hmm. and peel that skin right off. And then you have just this beautiful uh, piece of meat that actually peels right off the bones. Yeah, and you can just take the, the whole uh, skeletal spine or whatever it is and just lift it right out using two forks. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I use that recipe a lot. And, of course, you know, from that you can vary it a bunch of different ways. You know, you say you're going up uh, north or up in the mountains. You got any grayling up there? You know, we do. It just depends on the fishery. Uh, but, yes, we definitely have lakes and rivers around here that do have grayling. They're a fantastic fish. <laughs> they are. Prehistoric. Not very big, but they sure are fun. Uh, uh, Brian, There's a stick. Huh? Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Grace. They're the sail, the only sailfish of fresh water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> well, Brian, if, if someone's uh, fishing, if Brian, if someone's fishing at a Boise, besides rainbow trout, um, you know, there's a lot of different species that are related to it. Uh, what is it you're going to be targeting? You know, uh, like you said, most people are going to be targeting your, the rainbow, the cutthroat, you know, more of the trout species. We're lucky here in Idaho to get a steelhead and salmon run uh, via the Salmon River and the clear water. But another fish that people target around here quite a bit because we have the Snake River um, that flows through Idaho would be sturgeon. Mm-hmm. So um, we get a lot of people that are, uh, you know, catching them out of boats or right off the shore and... Uh, I don't know if you have seen a ton of it, but these fish were ranging anywhere from four feet uh, to eleven feet long. Yeah, they're incredible. Pretty incredible. incredible. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> you know, they don't. They don't run and fight that much, but they're they're incredible. Um, but they're bottom feeders. But uh, you know, they'll come up and usually run and then make a roll and go around. But uh, there's a slot limit. I think most everywhere. It's basically um, like between four and six feet. You can't keep. Isn't that basically what it is? It is if they're not landlocked. So, like anything below the final dam on the Columbia River between the Columbia and the ocean, you're correct. There's some that you can keep and there's some that you can't. But if they're landlocked, if they're locked in between two dams and do not have access to get back to the ocean, you can't keep any of them. As a matter of fact, you can't even bring them out of the water. Hmm. Like a lot of the photos you'll see on the Snake River are pictures with guys in the water holding holding Mm -hmm. these big fish. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, we've only got about a minute or so left, guys, but uh, let's let's go ahead and see if there's any other tips that we can get from Brian, and then, of course, we need some information on how to get in touch with him and take us, take us fishing. 
You know, I don't know if I have any actual tips other than, um, you know, get people involved in the outdoors. Some of us guys have so much knowledge and so much information that we are prime candidates for sharing that information with other people that are Mm -hmm. looking to get in the sport. And I think if we take a little bit of time to give back to others, we'll find that it only improves our game. You know, we're not doing these things for selfish purposes, but it's funny how... You know, positive energy creates positive energy. So if you're looking to have a good season, you want to harvest some animals, you want to catch some fish this year, try the tactic of giving back. And I think you're going to find having a better success. Yeah, I think there's probably more now than there used to be. But how do we get in touch? Can you take us fishing if we wanted to? You know, we'd love to. It's what we do. And uh, the best suggestion I can have is for people to just go to our website and take a look at the different uh, fishing adventures that we have. And that would be gotfishing.net, G-O-T-F-I-S-H-I-N-G.net. Gotfishing.net. Well, that should be easy enough. That's easy enough. Exactly. You're out of Boise, but I'm sure you cover a wide area. We do. We we have we have trips all over the world, from Alaska okay. to Bolivia to Mexico to Great. Wyoming. So wow. whatever it is you're looking all right. for, we go, can make go it to, happen. Go to gotfishing.net. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Grizz. And you stick around, Grizz. Did you know there's a lake in Northern California that's called the Monster Lake? It's home to some monster-sized largemouth bass and trout because they grow in this giant 10-mile lake. It'll take you 30 minutes to go from one side of the lake to the other. And it has camping, cottages, RV sites, hiking, boating, kayaking, and even horse camping. Tell them John Hennigan sent you, and they'll even give you a special gift on California parks. LakeComancheResort.com. That's LakeComancheResort.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with Mike the Grizz and John Hennigan. Well, we got Pat on, the famous guide teacher. Right, buddy? Yeah, well, you know, we we run a wilderness guide school up here in Montana, up by Glacier National Park. Well, that's, you know, that's very, very interesting. 
because so many people, especially young guys, which I'm very happy to say, and girls now, want to be guides. And they don't really get the opportunity because it's very difficult to learn on your own. So your school is based out of Glacier Park? Well, actually, we run just south of Glacier Park on the border of the Bob Marshall Wilderness. Uh, we're, we're running the uh, school directly out of a authentic outfitters camp. In fact, it's where we do all our outfitted hunts in the fall and in the spring for bear and elk and deer and, and what have you. And, uh, yeah, these students come to, from all over the country, and they spend 28 days with us, and they learn the wow. Uh, the craft of uh, going through being a wilderness guide for hunting and fishing mm-hmm. uh, on public land. Uh, Pat, I, I'm, I'm a little bit curious. Obviously, to be a fishing guide, you probably help if you know how to fish. And it probably, you need to know all of the local um, areas and familiar with the areas that you're going to be fishing in. But, and, and then showing people how to fish or telling them how to fish, but what all is involved in a school besides just, you know, knowing how to fish? Well, so much of teaching folks how to guide, it's it's a little less about teaching them the craft because almost all the students we get, and I should mention that oh, probably 40%, 50% are the young people, 18 to 25, but we have a remarkable number of people that are coming to us as second career uh, we also have a, a, a fairly high number of veterans that are coming. They're utilizing their VA benefits, and they're uh, going to the school by benefit of using the GI Bill. Hmm. Um, but all of them come to us with that same background where they, they probably accomplished fishing and, and fishermen and hunters themselves, but what they'd really like to do is figure out how they can marry their love for being in the outdoors and fishing and hunting with the opportunity to maybe make make a living at it. And so our job is to train them on how to be a good client server and how to recognize the opportunities to keep people safe and be successful in the outdoors and uh, and, and hopefully make a living doing it. And uh, so it's quite comprehensive. We wind up uh, teaching them all they need to know about horses and packing uh, because a lot of times public land access is done the traditional way of using horses and mules and uh, we go through the full spectrum of, of orientation wilderness survival wilderness first aid um, how to hunt uh, the various species how to fish uh, both fly fishing and and uh, spin casting uh, mostly for wild trout because that's what's going to be present in these uh, mm-hmm. remote areas on public land. Um, and so the idea is, I, I always uh, uh, use the analogy of, of starting a horse. You probably heard about people putting the first 30 days on a horse to kind of get it up and ready and under saddle, and then it's it's up to the horse owner to, you know, to finish it off. Well, that's kind of what we do with these students. We, we start it off. We, we lay the bedrock, the foundation for a good, solid education on being an, a, a wilderness guide. And then when they get hired by an outfitter, the outfitter finishes the job by, wow. uh, you know, creating the very specifics unique to their operation, their part of the country where they got to learn the terrain and what have you. But we'll have gotten that student a good start, and and then the outfitters take mm-hmm. pick up where we leave off. Uh, well, Pat, I've always believed that if you're going to go someplace in particular that you have not fished before, you know, you, the smartest thing to do is at least hire a guide for the first day because it can make all the difference in the world. Now, a fishing guide, they're not cheap. They can be three or 400 bucks. But you, a fishing guide doesn't just throw some rods in the back of the truck and then, you know, take you out fishing. There's a lot of other work that goes into it, you know, bef- you know the pre-work before it, the, you know, finding out where he's going to take you. And it's, uh, it's a lot of effort and time involved in it. Well, Pat, you're well, mostly a uh, hunting guide, right? You guide, you teach uh, guides to hunt, right? That is correct, yes. Yeah, you're the number one there. So do you do, one thing that I've learned and traveling around the world and hunting, as you know what I do, is uh, age. 
most dudes, and I speak about dudes as a client, do not know the age of a deer or the age of an elk. They look at the antlers. Do you teach your guides to be able to classify, to say how many inches that deer or elk has and how old the animal is? Well, yes, we do, and so we, we spend quite a bit of time on that whole concept of field judgment. And uh, as you guys well know, being in the profession, you, you, there's there's different needs out there in in the uh, in the consumptive world of hunting, and there's absolutely a group of hunters that are quite focused on trophy hunting, and they want to make sure that they're getting the right age and sized animal that that's along the lines of what they hope to mm-hmm. achieve on their hunt. And they have to count on, on a guide that can, can exercise good field judgment and has had some background and training in that. Um, and so we, we spend quite a bit of time, and that's one of the modules that we'll focus on, and we bring in certified um, Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett measurers as our guest instructors to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and then we take them through a really interesting exercise where we have created uh, effectively like a, almost a treasure hunt or a, uh, uh, you know, an obstacle course where they're going out and doing infield recognition of antlers uh, that are, have been situated out in the field and they're, they're being, questioned as to what do you see what do you think you see how big is it how would you rate it and so this gives the student the opportunity to to uh practice uh with the benefit of instructors around and so it's it's very beneficial because this is a high demand uh, a big request these days from the clientele of outfitters Uh, pat a couple of quick questions uh to go back to what we've talked about before You, you know, if you're hunting deer, elk, whatever it is, you don't just uh, jump in a four-wheel drive and go out there and hope you find something. It's the guide's job to take you to where the <coughs> where the game is. That means they're going to have to go out and spend a lot of time in the field knowing where to take you. That's absolutely correct. And so there's a couple of different things. You know, a guide <laughs> needs to be trained from the beginning uh, to know what to look for. And, and if they're new to an area... You have to have that background of understanding what's the type of browse that's eaten by the ungulates. What what are they? Uh, what are they going to be their patterns in that area of the country relative to bedding versus feeding versus water? Uh, what kinds of impacts do the various uh, variances in weather have? So they bring that as a base knowledge. That coupled then with being properly trained by the outfitter and and the outfitter's guide staff as to the nuances to the specific area that's of that outfit that the guy has hired onto, that's the finishing off part that, uh, you know, is the partnership between the outfitter and the guide school. So we teach them the basics of what to recognize and what to look for on how to find animals, where they ought to be. And then it's finished by the outfitter saying, okay, in our neck of the woods, this is what this, these are those areas. This is what we've proven to be the case. And most outfitters will, bring the uh, personnel on early and, and give them ample opportunity to scout and explore. Mm-hmm. Several of them are now starting to very heavily use preseason cameras and use Google Earth and some other sophisticated tools to really hone in on mm-hmm. where they ought to be able to find game. Mm-hmm. Now, another question, Pat, is that you're, you teach people how to be guides. If there's anybody out there listening to us that has, you know what, maybe I'd like to do that as a part-time uh, business. Um, what can you tell them? What, you know, how much time uh, does it take? And, you know, how many days a year do they have to put put aside? And just a quick idea to make a recommendation for somebody that's out there listening down thinking, yeah, maybe I'd like to be a guide. Well, that's a great question. And, of course, you know, it really depends on where they'd like to guide because, as, as I think we would all sense, there's various laws and rules that are specific to each state. And so depending on what species you're hunting and what state you're hunting it in, um, that will depict how long or short, for that matter, the hunting season is and, therefore, the employment opportunity. Um, but it usually begins 
um, with understanding what role you want to play. Do you want to be a guide? Because guides typically work for outfitters, and so it's up to the outfitter to put together the business plan, attract uh, potential clients, have the proper access to land, whether it's private or public, and the tools in order to do that, and then to bring the clients in and have them serviced by licensed guides. Guides are, in essence, the, the, the frontline people. They're the folks that are going to hopefully make things happen for the clients. And so there are some okay. people that get into this profession in the hope of running a business, and there's other people that are hopeful just to be guides. Yeah. So. I'd first start with the regulations of the state that okay. you're in and find out what are well, the licenses. Pat, we, we've only got, we're down to about 30 seconds. So, if, again, if there's someone out there that's interested in doing this, uh, what should they do now? How do they get in touch with you, and you know, what should they be thinking about? Well, the best thing they could do is visit our, white, our, our website, which is guideschoolmontana.com. Um, they can also give us a call by calling 406-387-4405. So guideschoolmontana.com, okay. 406-387-4405, and we'd love to give them some more information. Great. Thanks, Pat. That's guideschoolmontana.com. We appreciate it, and uh, we're glad to have you on. You're listening to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio. Come on, fishing. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. Vagabundos Del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with Mike the Grizz and John Hennigan. Well, John, what do you think about those people? Well, you know what, Grizz? I'm just thinking about the three different people that we've had on, 
And I think we ought to go back over a, a couple of the things that we talked about. Um, first of all, we had Amy Halverson from Vagabundos. And you live in Baja. You know who they are. But, you know, you haven't been that familiar because you, you live there. You, <laughs> and this is really designed for people from the States that visit the Baja's of Vagabundos. And they're just a terrific outfit. And, again... I can't say enough, you know, because I'd been to Cabo many, 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 many times. But the first time I drove down there, I go, you know, it's it was uh, life changing almost because it's a completely different when you're on the ground with all the colored rocks and the cactus and all the flora and fauna than it is when you're at thirty five thousand feet and look down and all you see is brown. Yeah, well, depends. The thing about the Baja, if you want to talk a minute about the Baja. One minute, it's all brown and kind of ugly. All it has to do is rain oh, yeah. for a half a day, yeah. and then everything is green. You can be driving. Now, imagine this, in the desert, and everything is dry brown. It rains, and you've got toads jumping in the road. <laughs> They've yeah. been buried in the sand for a year. <laughs> it hasn't rained here since August 10th of last year. But as soon as it rains, it's a whole different world. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful thing. We encourage people. And if you do want to visit the Baja, uh, Vagabundos, is, let's just say it's a no-brainer because there's so much they can do and make it much more pleasant and easy. And then, of course, we had uh, Brian from Idaho that uh, lives in Boise that we were talking about. Some, We even got a recipe for some uh, hatchery trout that you can keep. Yep. Yeah, we had a great time with him. Uh, he's he's a fishing guy. That's what he does. Takes people up fishing for grayling, fishing for cutthroat, uh, rainbow, steelhead, and that's what he does. He's a fly fisherman. Known him for years. He's pretty good at it. I can still beat him with a fly rod. <laughs> but anyway, it's beautiful country where he is. It's a whole different world to go up there and walk the streams or take yeah. a drift boat. It's a whole new, it's, it's like dying and going to heaven. There you go. And then, of, course, so nice. then of course, we had uh, Pat Tabor on. And we, we talked about it on the show, but if you're going to be you know, spending some money to go someplace and you really want to catch fish, um, especially more, the more exotic or the wild fish. It's not just like going down to the local pond where you pay by the pound. But if you really want to have a successful time at it, you really, really need the local knowledge that you can only get from a guide. And so you'll know what to use, how to use it, and where the fish are. And, you know, a guide is, you know, they're not cheap. They can be, you know, as much as three or $400 a day. And a lot of times if you have, you know, a couple people being guided at the same time, it helps a little bit. But those guys earn that money. I mean, they put a lot of time in other than just taking you out there and putting your line in the water. Well, the thing about it is, Pat, our last speaker that we had on is a hunting guide. And how many hours are yeah. put in on pre-scouting? Exactly. Going and find them. And the acknowledgement, because most people that want to hunt are from the east, and they still call antlers horns. Look at the big <laughs> horns on that deer. Well, they don't have horns. They have antlers. <laughs> a, oh, by the and, way, and by the way, that was a cow you just shot. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, they don't can't guess. They want to guess. And right. it looks so big to them. Yeah. But it might not be worth shooting. Yeah. So you've got okay. to be able to see well, those Grizz, antlers. Grizz, we're going to have to get out of here right now. But uh, we're going to be talking uh, again real soon on Fish Talk and Hunt Radio. 